I, I got a problem with that, Mason. No, I, I, I mean, the people that, like the Bible who said 15 to 20 minutes is yeah. enough. That's because people's attention span is, is not that long. But 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 here here's my thing, and I, I want to do the what if. What if God touches a sinner's heart? He's just driving, or she driving by the church, and the Lord say, "Go in there," and they ain't supposed to get there till 22 minutes. So, if the dough, the sermon's over in 15 minutes. There was a sinner coming seven minutes later who would have gave their life to the Lord. Who's to say God, you know, how long God's supposed to speak to somebody? If you're telling me that a sermon shouldn't be but 15 minutes, you done became God, and I'm, I need to get away from you. You want to tell me this junk? Go ahead, brother Sam. Oh, go ahead, no, You want to tell me this junk about? people's attention span. <laughs> if you really love the law and that preacher just mentioned the name Jesus, that ought to say something to you right there. It's true. Yeah, he don't say nothing else, but if he mentioned Jesus, like that little old lady who was sitting in church and, and the preacher just kept calling the name Jesus and she was just shouting and hollering and Little young fella sitting beside said, Ma'am, he, he he ain't got to that part yet. He was talking about the tuning up and stuff. She said, I, I ain't waiting on that part. She said, He called his name Jesus. And when you think about what Jesus has done for you, you sometimes it ought to take you five to ten minutes just to calm down. Sometimes you ought to be like, Lord, I, I mean, you just ought to sit there and think and, and, and see a person like that don't understand proper explanation of the word. He don't understand the line by line and the precept by precept. I can't give you that in 15 minutes. Uh, now, some certain church I go to, that's all they want. 15, 20 minutes. I'm not the pastor. I follow what the pastor do and I get on out of there. Unless the Lord lead me a different way. But when you start telling me I ain't got 15 minutes of time for Jesus or my attention span for Jesus ain't that long. You don't really love that man. You're not appreciative of what he's done for you. You really ain't thinking about what you said because it's like you said, I can watch a TV game and holler and scream and shout and yell, but all the thing I want to hear you talk about Jesus is 15 minutes. That TV game didn't wake me up. The technology I'm watching came from Jesus. That little orange, that little brown thing, pig skin that you throw down the field and it floats and it moves through the air like it is, it's because of the technology or the, the brain capacity that the Lord gave a man. The strength that that dude had to throw the football came from Jesus. That's right. And people tell me, I'm going to be in church all day. What you going to do when you get to heaven? Go ahead, young Timothy. That, that folk like that make me mad, young Timothy. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head, though. See, you said the one word that, that really does it all, understanding. 
a lot of people, and I've heard it from a couple of people where I'm at right now, and they say, I'd rather come to your class because I heard y'all having a lot of fun in there, and you giving better understanding. So they don't, it's not the fun part. We are having fun, but the fun is, is all about Christ. It's all about God. That's what it's based upon, and uh, everyone's involved in it. And they're getting an understanding. If you go to a Sunday school, I think one guy he said, "Well, he's okay, you know. I, you know, but I don't understand what he's saying. I, he doesn't give me the clear understanding of what he's talking about." And then they revert back. Well, I remember when Pastor such and he used to have this board behind us, and he'll start. This is what happened before we got to here. They gave us a building point, some foundation, and understanding. Then we went into the lesson. And then we went further. I had an understanding of it. See, they're not getting an understanding of what the, the word. And, and that's where the where it's missing that. You said the key is understanding the word. It's like it's like who begot who and why they begot them. And, you know, and we had this conversation in my Sunday school class. But then I was able to break it down to them. This is why it's like that the generation's up. And then they're like, okay. Then with the next week, they came back to something saying, you know, okay, I remember. How about they went and studied on that day? Because now your interest is there. Your understanding is there. Now you have something that you done applied from the day and went home with it. But young Timothy, in some, and I appreciate where you are because understanding and being able to fully digest what you're getting is important. And Dr. Mason, I understand you in the presentation and what's said. But if a preacher don't do nothing but stand up in there and say, if it had not been for Jesus, or the only reason I'm here today is because of Jesus. Look where I'd be if it weren't for Jesus. something wrong with somebody who want to only hear 15. I think I had a lady tell me at school, she said, now y'all done studied it all week long, so y'all ought to be able to give it to us in 15 to 20 minutes. So I'm like, really? Really? These are stone cold Christians now. These are folks that testify, I love the Lord. He heard my cry it had ever grown, and long as I live and trouble rise, I hasten to his throne. These are those folk, but I, I, I got a problem with people like that, because I really want to know, how are you going to make it in heaven? What you going to do, throw up that little finger and try to tip out? You, you going to throw up that finger and try to tip out after after 15 minutes, what if I go 15 minutes and 32 seconds? You gonna give me 32 more seconds? But when people start telling the pastor how long to preach, there's a problem there. Because if you check the toolbox, the toolbox will take you to story when Jesus preached for hours. Toolbox will take you to a story in Acts 20 where Paul preached until midnight and a little boy was sitting in the window and fell out dead. The toolbox will show you where 
Jesus preached and the people stayed with him all day long. And watch this. When he leaves, some of them followed him. You ain't got to be in there four, five, six hours. No. But you ought not want You in the very presence of God. That ought to make you want to stay right there. Now, unless Jesus is outside knocking on the door trying to get in his house. There are some churches where it, they may say they're the church of the Lord, but the Lord ain't nowhere in there. You, you got to know for yourself that this is a high. You can feel when a church, the spirit of the Lord is in a house. And Brother Sam, let me say something to you. You headed for trouble. Nothing you're doing wrong, but what you're doing right. When people start wanting to hear you, and you knew somewhere, you headed for trouble. Because folk that's already there going to start getting mad with you. Because now they don't want to hear me, no. They want to hear Sam. Who he think he is? If it weren't for him, me, he wouldn't even be here. But here's the thing, young Timothy. Keep doing what you do. Because as long as you're affecting lives in a positive way. I told y'all, not bragging, boasting in the Lord. Several years ago, got through preaching a sermon at 8.30 in the morning in Oklahoma. Sunday school superintendent came to me. Tell me, remember what you said in the sermon? What part? He said, you said, be ye also ready. And I wish people understood that the Lord was talking about his return, not being ready to preach if somebody ain't there. <laughs> did I say that out loud? Yeah, I did. But he said, I said, what did he say? Yeah, okay, we'll do that note. But he said, you said, be ye also ready. I said, okay, if you say I said it, I said it. He said, so you ready? I said, for what? He said, I need a Sunday school teacher. Lord knows I went, I was tired. I didn't feel like teaching Sunday school. Y'all know me. When I get to preaching, I'm zooted. I'm tired. I don't have too much energy. So I go back here, and I got 14 to 18-year-olds. Okay, I think this is one Sunday. Next Sunday, Tillman, need you back there again. What I thought was going to be one day, Brother Sam, young Timothy, turned into three and a half years. No lie, two things happened. One day I went down to the church to study. Pastor down there, he said, Tillman, I said, yes, sir. He's coming. I'm like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble again. But I didn't do it this time. He said, Tillman, whatever you're doing to cause my son and daughter to come home and talk about Sunday school, he said, you keep doing kids started inviting their friends to come to Sunday school. Sunday school class for the 14 to 18 year old now had 19, 20, and 21 year old in it who didn't want to go with the adults but wanted to stay with us. Class grew so big they had to build an extra room on the back of the church for the youth Sunday school. Because I was using the toolbox but what I did is I took the toolbox and incorporated the kids. What I did was I gave the kids an opportunity to express the questions that they had and the stuff they didn't understand and show them the answer from the toolbox. It's true. And not only kids, adults, then I thought, I said them today, I said some of the biggest kids are the adults. Yeah. Exactly. And I said, and I told him the same, I said, this right here is what we use. 
this right here, and I told the same. What you said just then, I, I used today. I involve everybody in it. Right. So we can, they can get a clear understanding of it. And they're wondering about it all week long. Came back to say, we have a Sunday school today. Text on the phone. We have, yeah, with me and my husband talked about this. We talked about the Sunday school lesson. We got a lot to say about this. You know what I'm like? Key is the understanding. But watch this. The Sunday school le- the Sunday school lesson was longer than fifteen minutes. Oh yeah, yes sir. I I go over every Sunday school. I be over. They be knocking on the door. Hey, yeah, like, hey, come on. Hey, yeah, we, we get ready for church. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> that part, right. they always talk about you late. You late. Yeah. Like, I said, I'm sorry, man. Hey, it, I let the Lord lead me. It get good, but but, <laughs> yeah, but me personally, right. I got a problem with anybody talking about uh, uh, attention span at church. Because that has, that has something to do with self, right there. That's, that's what it is. That's about See, it's, it's, it's the interest, man. And, and, yeah. and I, I'm saying, saying it when people you get people interested, interested in something, then they they want to be a part of it. They feel like uh, basically you talking to them and. And, and you're not only just talking to them, but you're listening to them. And see, when you're doing those type of things right there, uh, remember I told you I used to be in sales. And one of the things uh, they taught us is about yes, people don't care. Yeah, they don't care how much information you know. Do they know? Do they know how much you care? Yes, sir. And that's why you say that people don't care how much you know. Until they know how much you care. Once you show them that they're the most important thing at that time that you're talking to, then they generally, generally know that uh, that you care about. Them. And so when you let people know that you actually care about them, then you can get their attention there because they feel like they're most important, man. I, I give you a good example. When you, if you had ten people. And you took their picture and you showed it to them. Who do you think they're gonna look for first on the picture? Themselves. Exactly. Exactly. Always themselves. They wanna see how they looked on the picture. You know, because they generally about themselves. So if you can take this message as the professor did, reach in the toolbox to where he hold up a mirror at them. And they see themselves, or they see how the, the message is pertaining to them. See, now you got their attention now because he's not only talking to them; he's talking about them. But see, here's the other. And thing. they didn't even know they was in the book. Here, here, here's something else that bothers me about these people who want these 15, 20 minute sermons. Maybe it's time for you to go somewhere else. Maybe you didn't did your time here. Right. Maybe you, maybe you need to, because for the most part, if you, and this is in Charlotte. Now, most Charlotte churches got some dynamic pastors. They either dynamic in truth or they dynamic to people. Right. They, they, it's the kind of church where people really ain't following Christ. They follow the pastor. A lot of them. Yeah, it's a lot of that up there. It's a lot of that everywhere. But maybe it's time to move. 
Because here's my question. How much have you grown where you at? And you cannot have grown too much or you are not too interested in the word if all you want is 15 minutes of the word. 15 minutes, I sometimes have to be careful that I'm trying to get to my first point in 15 minutes. One of my problems I found out is my introduction can be extremely long because I want you to yes, understand sir. where I'm going. Exactly. And I think that's important for the introduction to be that long because now you build a foundation for them to build off of. You, you, I keep saying that, that preaching a sermon is like, and young Timothy, this may help you out. Preaching a sermon is like an airplane flight. They ride it on the airplane. There are three parts to a, a, a riding on the airplane. There's the takeoff, the flight, and the landing. The takeoff is equivalent to the introduction of a sermon. The flight is equivalent to the body of the sermon. And the close is equivalent to the landing. Now, if my introduction slash my takeoff is rocky, people are going to worry about the rest of the flight. Especially how you're going to land that joke. But if my introduction is okay, or the takeoff is okay, and the flight or the body of the sermon is rocky, people are going to worry about the landing. However, if the introduction slash takeoff is okay on the flight, the body and the flight is okay, and you crash at your clothes, the whole flight meant nothing. <laughs> so there, there's you, you, you've got to warn. You always got to know your audience, but more importantly, you got to obey God. Folks don't want to hear, if God means for me to be here, I'm going to be here. You don't have to be. And sometimes that's a hard truth for people to understand. And it ain't a thing about being arrogant or anything, but it's just true. One thing I like about both of the churches that I've preached at lately, ain't neither one of them rushed me on no time. Neither one of them. And they've been just as supportive during the time. Now, I had a couple of people go to sleep, but that's just what they do. There's one dude at the one church, he just go to sleep every Sunday. And I just, sometimes I get a little, I talk too much. And I said, anybody that's a leader that come up in church and go to sleep, you don't need to be in leadership. You need to abdicate your leadership room. Because what if the pastor get up there and go to sleep? You ain't going to get no sermon there. You ain't going to fire him and replace it with somebody else. Why they don't fire some deacons for going to sleep? Why they don't fire some trustees for going to sleep? But these people that don't like, a sermon takes time. You don't work all week and pray and fast and study and do all that you do and look. And like neighbors, the Bible said, he that labors in the word and doctrine is worthy of double honor. That's working hard to get that stuff. And my old pastor in Oklahoma, he said, preaching a sermon is work, hard work, and more hard work. It, 
takes work to put but a shirt. That's, that, that's it, though. It goes back to that one word again, understanding. They don't understand what goes into it until they go through it. It's true. It's kind of like a plumber. You know, you, you own the plumbing company. You're the owner, but you've never done any of that work before. But you tell him to go out there and do that plumbing, and, and he didn't get the job done at that time because you specified it. Why not? How can you tell me how to do this? But you don't know anything about the work. You just know the asset. I own the company. And that's what you should do. There, there's no understanding there. And that's how long it should take. And, and, and you are definitely right. But don't people that love God enjoy being in his presence? Don't, don't people that... that, 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 that watch out, young Timothy. <laughs> Don't people that say, I love the law. I'm saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost, filled, fire, baptized, sold out for the law. Don't people that really love the Lord not mind being in his presence. But then you got some that won't just give me a, some people just want a dab of God. I, I don't want no dab of God. A little dab will do you. A little dab will do you. No, it won't. <laughs> a little dab might do you in. Because see, if I only give you a dab of the scripture, I'm not giving you the whole scripture. Exactly. You're going to be held accountable for it. Right, and that part right there. But see, the dab that you got is not complete. So when you face a problem, you're not going to know how to handle the problem that you encounter because all you wanted was a dab instead of the entire portion of it. Mm-hmm. You put some tape, you put as if it's not that important. 
just give me a little dab on something. You know, too much of it. You mess with my attention span. You know, I I got to leave out here and go eat. Uh, yeah, I got to leave out here for the game. Yes, sir. Kick off at one o'clock. I got to get out of here. You know, and I got to go, go Pittsburgh lose. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm happy they lose. But you know what the Lord just told me about why people don't want to open the toolbox? What's that? It's heavy. The toolbox is heavy. Folks don't want to lift that heaviness. It's heavy when it's a flea fornication. It's heavy when the toolbox say, you are not your own, you've been bought with a price. It's heavy when it say, love your enemies. Do good to them that despitefully use you. Pray for your enemies. That's heavy when it say, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now, here we have said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive. It's heavy when it says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is. It's heavy. Some folk don't want to lift the, the heavy. That, that's why folk don't want to mess with this toolbox. Well, that toolbox is something else, boy. That toolbox is something else, boy. I'm that's why it's unused, because it's heavy. Watch this. This toolbox will show you who you are. Not only... Because it'll show you how good you are at using the tools. <laughs> Dr. Mason, I ain't trying to fix no car because I know I'm going to jack up something with some tools. Well, what if we make a toolbox light for them? Can't do it. Which, that, that's what? Stop. Nope. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. oh it's, already, it's, all, it's already done. No. Nope, nope, nope. You, you don't water down the toolbox. You don't put water on the toolbox. You're rusted. Yeah, it's already done. They they made it light for themselves. They 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 use it, but they use it when they use scriptures like, "My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus." Who was that, Charles Stanley or David Jeremiah? They say you got Pick some pickers and choosers. Charles Stanley. Charles Stanley. So Charles Stanley knows, That's what right, that there are yeah. some tools in the toolbox that some people are proficient with. And they are that makes it light. They are proficient with certain tools because they are good at, that, at quoting that, using that tool. Mm-hmm. But what happens... When they use the tool and the screw is stuck, <laughs> they can't break. They keep trying to move the screw and it won't move. Watch this. 
some people use the toolbox and they think they unloosening stuff, but they actually tightening stuff up. <laughs> Some people don't even know how to use certain tools in the toolbox. And those are people that won't come and hear somebody who God has equipped to show people how to use tools in the toolbox. Or to explain how tools are to be used. Mm -hmm. To explain the scriptures. See, when you look at the toolbox, you see a lot, and it depends on, now watch this. Some people in a natural toolbox got a whole lot of tools. If you look at my little toolbox in the car, it's about this wide, about that, uh, ain't a whole lot of tools in it. But if you look at my other tools, <laughs> from I got some metric and some English tools. <laughs> I got some, uh, some Greek and some Hebrew tools in the toolbox. I got different versions of tools in my toolbox. I got we understand why you... I got different avenues to access my toolbox. We understand why the toolbox in the car is so little. Yeah, because I don't know how to use them kind of tools. <laughs> I'd rather not use them toolbox to keep my car running good <laughs> than to open up one of them tools and mess up something. But watch this. That other toolbox will keep this running good. <laughs> True. If I use the right tools. That's right. At the right time. Yes, sir. But with that toolbox being so heavy, that's why a lot of people can't lift it. And here's something else, Brother Sam. It's, it goes back to what you keep saying. Some people don't understand how to use the toolbox. True. But at the same time, there is somebody certified to teach you about tools, and they still won't go learn how to use the tools. And, and check this out. And it's free. You ain't have to pay for the lessons. It's free. It's, it's given to you freely. No, they say it ain't free because when I come to church, all y'all talk about is money now. <laughs> y'all talking about paying a tithe. Y'all want 10% of my money. Your money? The toolbox will tell you it don't belong to you. <laughs> The earth is the laws. And the food is the The two bars. You just, you borrowing it. You just borrowing it. It's on loan. What you. you got? It's on loan. Matter of fact, you ain't even got the strength to go make the money that you get because it's God that gives you power to get wealth. Hold on, hold on, now, 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 this, that, that toolbox, it's been, hey, it's been paid for with the price, too, now. Come on, now. A, a debt you can't even repay. Let's just dig a little deeper, now. That, that, that stuff in there is paid with a price. They don't, they don't understand that part. It's true. They just know that Jesus, they heard about Jesus. Now, 
Oh, he knows my heart. He knows my heart. That's, I, I forgot that. God knows my heart. Look, look. But, <laughs> oh, that, no, hold on. That's what they say. Look, look. That tool bar there. And that tool bar there, what they say now. He knows my heart. He knows my heart. He want to go there. And you know what? I, 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 I think, too, that... Uh, when people understand uh, what Corinthians, First Corinthians talks about when it says, uh, don't you know that you are not your own? You've been that you've been bought with a price. Yes. Because when you have no rights and somebody owns you now, uh, you can look at that as being a good thing and some people can look at it as being a bad thing. People that look at it as being a good thing basically know that they're in good hands because uh, they belong to the master. You know, you, you belong to God. Now. You're part of the, of the royal family. You know, you're part of the body of Christ. And, and now... That's a good thing for you. But then again, you can look at it as a bad thing, which some people do, because now they feel like all their freedom has been taken away from them. They can't do like they want to do so long. Now they can't do like they want to do because now they got to be accountable. They're going to be held accountable. And so all of those things that they're used to doing now they know they're going to have to give an account for it. Well, it makes them kind of uh, uh, basically leery about looking in the Word and studying the Word now because they they still want that freedom to do what they want to do. And the thing about that is that it's natural, and that's why we have the war going on that we talked about earlier today. That war is going on between the flesh and the spirit. And so they've got to decide which one they're going to feed. And as we've said in previous uh, podcasts, is that uh, whichever one you feed the most is going to be the one that wins because it's the strongest. That's it. And, 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 and young Timothy left, but I wanted to tell him what Jeremiah said about the heart, so. Well, he'll be back in there. I'll hold off here. Folk that want to keep talking about the heart, I think I hear Jesus say, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaking. This stuff is in the toolbox. Yes, sir. I said the heart is jacked up in a, just in a nutshell. One version said it's incurable. It's true. One version true. said it's exceedingly corrupt. Exactly. And and, and and I like that what about the heart where it says it's, it's in it says that it's actually sick. Yeah. It's incurable. What, you what? know, that that nothing you can do. No man made cure. Right. There we go. No man made cure. Exactly. Because it asked the question, who can know it? 
And and chapter ten, I mean verse ten say, I the Lord. <laughs> Search. Exactly. Exactly. I the Lord. Examine. And so the the, the toolbox, the, the natural toolbox can keep adding more tools to it. But the spiritual toolbox don't need nothing else added to it. It's already there. It's already there. It's already there. Everything we need is in that now, is in that spiritual toolbox. Ain't that something? An unused toolbox with every tool you need for whatever you encounter. Now here's something else, and we've said it. Let's just put it in plain English. A lot of times people don't want to mess with their spiritual toolbox. Because see, like sometimes, like a natural toolbox, the tool you need ain't right there on top if you ain't organized your tools. Sometimes they just throw them in and you got to pick through this one, go through this one, pull this out, look at that, pull that sucker out, see if that's it. But, and it's the same way with the spiritual. You got to go through the toolbox. It's true. And, and, and you know, Jesus was a prime example of doing just that. And he set the example for us, doing just that in the garden. When Satan came to him after he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, every time Satan approached him, what did he use? He used something from the toolbox. Every single time. And, and think about it. Whatever he used was appropriate for the temptation that Satan was bringing to him. You know, Satan didn't come to him and uh, start telling him to turn these stones into bread. And then he go to another scripture and start talking about uh, the Lord is my shepherd. He didn't say that. When Satan came to him about saying, uh, turn these stones into bread, what did he tell him? Man should not live. Watch this, watch this now. Ain't it something that the devil will go to the toolbox, but the Christian one? <laughs> exactly. The devil will exactly. use the toolbox on Christians, and Christians don't even know how to combat him from the toolbox. And Jesus just showed him, anytime the devil come to you with anything, even from the toolbox, take what's in the toolbox and tell that joker to get the step in. There you go. But you gotta have been, you gotta have spent some time in this toolbox to be able to do that. Got to be able to spend time in the toolbox to be able to use appropriately what's in the toolbox. What's in the toolbox. Because you can't quote anything at him when you come, God. It ain't gonna work. You got to be the right thing. You got to be the right thing. You got to tell him the right thing or otherwise he'll whoop some folk with what's in the toolbox. Well, and, and there you go. That's why a lot of Christians are being defeated today, because the devil who knows the word. Now, now think about it. You're the devil who's quoting written word at the living word who wrote the word. <laughs> and he comes against us with the word and defeats us because we don't know the word. And then 
we're defeated over and over and over again because we don't know the word, don't know how to use it, but we still won't get in the word. And you know we're not getting in the word because look at Bible study on Wednesday night, even before the pandemic even came. Look at the Bible studies on Wednesday night. Look at the Sunday school classes on Sunday morning. And then they seldom come to church. You know, it's, it's uh, a lot of them are using excuses now about church. And they were using the same excuse back then. You don't have to go to church to be saved. That, that's definitely the thing. But the word tells, the toolbox tells saved folk to come to church. You don't have to. There's some folk that saved is in the hospital, in the nursing home. There's some even saved folk in jail. And they wish they could get to church. There's some saved folks on foreign soil that they don't necessarily have a church they can go to. True. There is. There's a spiritual toolbox. And whatever tool or whatever ailment you got, there's something in the toolbox to fix it. You got trouble, there's a toolbox to say, man that is born of a woman is but a few days and full of trouble. Fearing there's something in the toolbox to say God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Whatever you need is in the toolbox. I think that's a good place to end it, Dr. Mason. That works for me. That, that, that toolbox. If we could just get people. Start opening it up. 